Hello and welcome to another episode of One to Watch here on Get Football Plus, where we aim to look that little bit closer at some of football's up-and-coming talents. My name is Alfred, I'm your host for today, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kish. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you, bro. Um, got a bit of a bad cough, so apologies if that you guys can hear that today, but um, apart from that, I'm good, man. Yeah, I also have a bit of a cold at the moment, so uh, general apologies for maybe a bit rough voices today. But yeah, so for today's episode, um, we've got a bit of a different format from the previous one. What we're going to be trying to do today is a bit of a battle, so to say, uh, between two players who are both currently approximately at the same stage of their careers. They're both playing at the same position, even though they're, they're playing in very different clubs and leagues. Um, so it's two left backs who we believe are the next um, big up-and-coming players at that position. So there's a lot of very good, very promising uh, up-and-coming left backs at the moment. For example, Alejandro Balde, who's playing at Barca, Nuno Menge at PSG, Destiny Udoge at Spurs. So these players we're talking about aren't necessarily at that level. They're not at the same level as some of the intermediate talents as well, as well such as Kulindishi Hartman or Milos Kerkes, who was playing at AZ last season, had a, had a very good run with them in, a, in the Euro- European competitions and signed for Bournemouth last summer. And so the two guys we're talking about are maybe a step below that. Um, but still very, very promising indeed. Before we get into those players, maybe Kish, do you want to talk us through maybe the, the different types of fullbacks that there are in today's game, today's tactical setups? Yeah, so I think obviously we've seen a lot of um, changes to the fullback position recently. Um, I think there was a point where Pep first started at Barca and he and he and he had his wing backs completely flying up the pitch, um, regardless of the fact they weren't playing in a in a five at the back system. So you had Danny Alves practically playing as a as a right winger and you had Abidal or Alba on the other side. Um less less attacking than Alves but still very high. Um and that was kind of the blueprint of of attacking football at, at that point. Um and then as football's evolved and especially how Pep evolved. Um, we saw more kind of use of fullbacks playing much more narrow um, and not being restricted to just those those wide flanks. Um, and yeah, now we see kind of those those inverted fullbacks, um, but also inverted kind of outside centre-backs. Um, so we see Man City play with the likes of Akanji and Ake, who are kind of wide centre-backs, um, which kind of protects that, that back line. But then you also have the likes of Zinchenko or uh, um, Udogi at Tottenham now. Um, those those kind of fullbacks that play inside the pitch and higher. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's been a lot of evolving in that role. Um, I mean, in that position, sorry. Um, and, and some evidence that there can be kind of many different roles um, for that player. Yeah, I feel like as tactics have evolved, fullbacks, you know, when you're a kid playing football, you kind of 
grew up just not wanting to play fullback. It's kind of the position you, you don't want to play, along with goalkeeper maybe. Um, and I, as you mentioned, I feel like with the evolution of tactics, it's kind of become one of the most important position in like tactically developed setups. Um, you mentioned the importance that Ake and Akanji had uh, in that city team last season. I think in the past few seasons, uh, looking at Bayern, when they signed Alfonso Davies and he started performing in that fullback role, had Kimmich on the other side at times, um, or PSG more recently when they when they signed uh, Hakimi and Nuno Mensch two two seasons in a row, and that completely transformed their way of using the flanks and just set. Um, setting up defensively and offensively. I feel like it's one of those roles which today is just the most versatile in what they can bring to the team um, in offensive and defensive play. And you notice it um, when watching games, uh, some play, some play, some uh, fullbacks playing very defensively or while their co- counterpart on the other side pushes up the pitch very often. I can think of Barca using Balde and Kunde last season in very different roles. So yeah, just one of the most versatile positions in today's game, I guess, and one that's very interesting to to study and one that has a lot of very promising players coming up. So so do you wanna do you wanna quickly run us through just the, the basics of the player that you've chosen for today? Yeah, so my player today is um, Valentin Barco um, of Boca Juniors. Um, he's a 19-year-old, um, Argentine, of course, come through the Boca Academy. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of his 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 um, him as a as a footballer. He's kind of been left back, midfield, further up the pitch at uh, left wing. But yeah, that's kind of him. Uh, what about you? Who did who did you choose? So, so yeah, I, I've heard a lot about Valentin Barco uh, in the past few seasons, uh, uh, past few months, sorry, not seasons, considering he's only been playing uh, for, for one season. But yeah, I, I've heard a lot about him and specifically due to the fact that he was linked to Man City um, using those Argentinian links, which saw them bring in Julian Alvarez, I think, last two, two winters ago. Also, um Maxime Perone, I think his first name is Maxime, something like something like that. So yeah, seeing them bring those two players in, Alvarez obviously playing a very important role in today's Man City setup, and so Valentin Barco may be the the next one to make that move. And so the player I picked has actually been linked closely to one of the biggest rivals to City in the past few seasons, even though it's maybe not necessarily the first name that comes to mind. These days, maybe the um, rivalry is more with Arsenal and Mikel Arteta in in, uh, in today's Premier League. But yeah, the the player I picked is uh, Patrick Dorgu, who is playing at Lecce in Serie A, who have had a very good start to the season. 19-year-old uh, Danish and Nigerian left-back who plays more in a, in a wing-back role rather than an inverted full-back that uh, Valentin Barco plays in. And yeah, so he, he was... He was linked to Liverpool back uh, this summer. Uh, was on the on the verge of joining, but his um, 
his agent or at least his entourage um, were a bit against it, considering that he he probably wouldn't have gotten the the play time that he wanted at Liverpool in that point of, this, of his uh, career. So it was better for him to, to stay at Lecce and uh, keep on progressing there. But um, yeah, so what I wanted to do, as all good battles start off with, is um, maybe a bit of a weigh-in, a bit of a comparison of pure physical attributes. So coming in from my corner is Patrick Dorgu, who's standing at 1.85 meters tall, weighing in at 74 kg. So quite a big guy. Um, so how does uh, Valentin Bargo square up to that? Yeah, so he's a bit, he's a bit on the smaller side. Um, if, this was, if this was a physical fight, I'm, I'm sure he'd come out second in that. Um, he's, he's 1.7 meters and 64 kg. He's, he's definitely on the, the slighter side. So, yeah, I think, I think Dorgu is probably, as you mentioned, coming out of that fight with the, with the W. So, I mean, actually, I think we can just end the podcast there. So, um, Patrick Dorgu is the winner. Um, a reminder, you can follow me at driver. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, definitely for a fullback, I feel like it is very important for them to have that uh, physical aspect. Um, and so on that point, I think Dorgu definitely comes out on top, as we've said. But obviously, with today's game, um, that isn't the all end all say all, uh, as we've seen. The, the most dominant, or at least one of the most dominant players of world football is Lionel Messi, and he's not exactly um, a bodybuilder type player, so not the most important, but at least on that criteria, I think Dorgu definitely comes out on top. Um, maybe to move on from that, you can give us a quick run-through on um, Valentin Barco's career so far. Yeah, so he's, he's sort of... Um, he's burst onto the scene this kind of um, Argentinian season. Um, he's obviously playing for his boyhood club, Boca. Um, he actually played in the Copa Libertadores final this weekend, um, where he in fact played left side of midfield, but he's obviously very versatile, very flexible. Um, he's, yeah, he's, I guess he's, this has been his breakout year. He's, he's only 19. Um, there's talks of him already being called up to Argentina. Um, because of his kind of his position lacking in much depth, um, so I think yeah he's he's definitely a, a promising one, um, and and kind of a bit of a rare profile because we don't see Argentina produce many top fullbacks. I think the only one I can really think of is um, Zanetti. Yeah, I think currently in the Argentina setup they have Acuna who's playing at Sevilla and also. Tagliafico playing at Olympique Lyonnais, but Tagliafico has definitely been on the downward slope for the past few couple seasons, I think. Um, actually, ever since that World Cup run, he, he's kind of been um, on the downward slope. I think Acuna is still a very good player, but in terms of those two, I feel like Valentin Barco is, as you said, on the, on the, on the edge of joining that Argentina setup and could probably take that Tagliafico spot. 
yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I don't think he'll struggle to to make that that um, starting eleven, but also to actually improve it. Um, I think he's a very modern day fullback, um, and yeah, I can see this kind of being this the first season of a of a fantastic career. Um, what's what's Dorgu's journey been like um, up until this point? Yeah, so Dorgu. Patrick Dorgu came through the ranks at Norgeland in uh, Denmark, over in Denmark, one of the best um, Danish academies to bring out young players in the in the past few years. We've seen a good few players come through those ranks. Uh, I can think of um, Mohamed Kudus playing at West Ham at the moment. Also, um, Sheldarup, who signed for Benfica last winter, came back to Norgeland this season to keep on progressing, but I'm sure he'll be one of the next stars to come through those ranks at Benfica. And yeah, so Dorgu came through those youth ranks and signed for Lecce back in summer 2022. Um, he joined them to play, uh, he's joined them on, on loan to play for the Primavera setup, um, which is the, the youth league over in Italy. So he played one full season there um, playing 38 games overall and scoring four goals and also greatly participated in Lecce's title as the champions of the Primavera League. So yeah, over at Lecce, they have a, a very, very interesting youth setup, which that's actually how I, I found out about Dorgu. I was researching um, Lecce's youth setup to maybe find some, some players to keep an eye on and he straight away came to um, caught my eye for um, his play style and impressive physique as well, which I'll, I'll touch on later. Uh, so yeah, he was part of that Primavera setup. And so this season, he's kind of breaking through into the first team, um, playing 11 games, so participating in basically every game uh, Lecce has played so far in Serie A, if I'm not mistaken. Only starting three, but he's definitely made a strong impression in the games that he has played in, specifically against uh, Juventus, where he had a quite a good game, I thought. And he's also playing for the Denmark U21 setup, which is currently trying to qualify for the U21 Euros in 2025. Though I think that by then, he might already be playing for the A-team, so interesting to keep an eye out for that. Um, I think in terms of comparison so far, maybe both of them are a bit on a equal playing field. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I'd say I, I think yeah, it's like it's sort of the announcement season of them, um, which shows that there's a long way to go. Um, but it's a very they've both had a, a significant impact on on their sides um, so far this season, which which is kind of the start of probably something quite special for both of them. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say they're very, very different players. Um, so as we said at the start, kind of fullbacks of the, the position of a fullback has developed into this super fluid, flexible kind of position where you can have all sorts of players playing there. Um, so looking at Barco, especially, he's kind of, he's not a traditional kind of fullback. He, he, he operates a lot more in, in central areas. Um, he likes to kind of combine and build up, um, sort of suiting that that inverted role much more than a traditional fullback role. I don't think he really has the 
the physicality of a modern day fullback to deal with kind of getting up and down the flank, um, dealing with 1v1 drills, um, stuff like that. I think he's better in kind of those pockets and build up. So uh, he sort of reminds me of a, of a Rico Lewis kind of Zinchenko player um, where he's kind of, he relies on his speed of thought um, and his kind of awareness and he, he's always seeing the picture well. So he knows what he's going to do before he receives the ball, which means before kind of he's, he gets a chance to, to be engaged with in, in those duels, he's, he's already popped the ball off to someone else, um, which is kind of a typical, you know, Pep Arteta type player. Um, and what I really like about him is how he can kind of receive the ball in the half turn, um, which, you know, you don't really associate with a fullback because the position of a fullback traditionally is is you're facing the pitch the whole time. You, you can see all your options. You kind of perceive the ball for a centre-back or for a midfielder, but you can always see what's around you because you're up against the touchline, so there's nothing behind you. Um, but he kind of likes to, to get in the pockets and, and face the play. I mean, face kind of the ball and then receive off his centre-back's turn and, and, and progress it up the pitch. So I think that's um, that's something he really shines in, yeah. Yeah, actually, what I wanted to ask is, um, when, when I think of inverted fullbacks, one of the most recent examples that comes to mind is maybe Joshua Kimmich, who up until a few seasons ago was actually starting at right back, but was moving into those central areas and having more of a ball-playing, creative, uh, orchestrator role that you see in, a, in inverted fullbacks. And so nowadays, obviously, he's playing more in, in a central defensive mid <clears throat> role, starting off in those central areas. What, what I wanted to ask is because, yeah, obviously, some teams like Man City, like Arsenal, are playing with those setups that allows the fullbacks to go into those central areas. But some teams are also um, just using more traditional fullback roles and playing that type of player more in the midfield. So the question is, do you think that if Barco were, were to sign for a club that isn't Man City or Arsenal or a club playing with that type of fullback role, do you think he could slot into midfield as well? I think he's he's definitely capable. Um, you know, that's that midfield position is kind of the most mentally demanding, I'd say, um, in terms of always scanning, always knowing what's around you. Um, and that's something he really thrives in. I don't think... I think a lot of Kimmich's deficiencies come down to his kind of speed and physicality and also I don't think he's more of a you know like passing player and I think Barco does thrive in carrying as well so he's not he's not slow um he's slight but he's he's definitely not slow so he can carry which is definitely shows that he can kind of do a more traditional left back role I'd say um, I just don't think that's where that's where you get the best best out of him. But but I think he could definitely shine in, in a traditional fullback role as well. Um, I'd worry about him defensively, like there are concerns around Kimmich in, in defensive kind of transition. Um, I'd worry about Barco a bit there. Um, but in terms of in possession, I definitely think he has the the capabilities. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned the the defensive aspect because obviously. That is what you expect from a defender at the end of the day uh, to be good defensively. But at the same time, with how fullbacks have progressed, defending is almost a secondary quality to them 
less that's less valued than actual offen- offensive prowess, uh, ball carrying skills, passing skills, chance creation, etc. So that's interesting that you say that because it also kind of ties in with uh, my player. So so Dorgu plays more in a in a in a wide fullback role. So so maybe more traditional and more that of what we've seen recently with the um, outbreaks of uh, Udogie, Balde, Alfonso Davies, players like that. Uh, very similar in the way that he has a very explosive um, pace, um, able to, to create differences just with pure speed and also that that power that he's been nat- naturally gifted. Um, what what is different from those players is that. I feel like I I don't know for sure, but I feel like he definitely came through playing winger or even almost offensive mid at some point because his tight dribbling capacity is is quite impressive and very noticeable on the pitch. Uh, usually with that type of profile, as I mentioned, Alfonso Davies, for example, they tend to make most of their differences through pure bursts of acceleration, pure pace, um, just sending the ball flying forward and 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 passing their opposition through speed but Dorgu can do that but he can also cut inside a bit like you'd see uh, Neymar for example uh, just cut inside uh, squeeze through a few challenges and then then pass the ball so that's something that differentiates him from other players of that um, style I guess yeah one thing I'd say when I'm when I'll be looking at um, Dorgu is is kind of his I kind of it's a, it's a gift and a curse because I think he's always willing to to receive the ball and, and go and dribble, um, and sometimes I feel like he he's, he forces it a little bit. He, he he always goes for the dribble down the line, um, which which could lead for him lead to him being like a sort of creative machine at times, especially in probably a better side in the future. Um, but I think there's times where he he forces it, and you know there there might be. Um, two players kind of in that in that area and he'll still look to attack it whereas maybe coming inside and, and popping off a pass and, and letting his team switch the play might be a more kind of suitable suitable decision. I think that's kind of, you're definitely right in saying that, but I think that's something that comes with being young in general as a player. Always a bit too eager at times to create differences to get that um, impacting uh, move, I guess, impacting action on on the pitch. You can, you can also see that in his defensive play. Actually, um, he, he's very good in covering depth, using that speed to defend specifically against through balls, um, and he's also very good at tackling, um, and which which allows him to be quite impressive in one of you on defending. But being impressive and being good for the camera doesn't necessarily mean that you're always making the right decision and I feel like as he does offensively with trying to create that difference through a dribble uh, or through just an acceleration defensively sometimes just kind of overcommits, a bit too eager to, to win the ball and that means that if, if an opposition kind of understands what type of defender he is if the 1v1 duel lasts a bit too long and, and Dorgu is caught backpedaling he, he he can sometimes get caught too 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 easily by a simple simple dribble change of pace or something like that. So yeah, I think that's definitely something that's to improve on. 
um, in general for young players um, and that Dorgu definitely needs to um, focus on as well. Does does Barco have any significant weaknesses as well in that, in that sense? So I think, as you, as you said, like young players are often super eager to press both offensively and defensively. So as you said, Dorgu can be a bit over aggressive at times in, in, in defending because he, he's, he's willing and, and eager to win the ball. Um, I think one thing with Barco is, is I think mentally he's he's pretty mature as a, as a player. Um, I think especially in possession, he sort of he makes the right decisions. He's he's kind of got a picture before he receives the ball. Um, he's pretty decisive when he gets into kind of the offensive third. Um, he sort of he, he'll delay the pass just that split second. He kind of he has that just extra bit of patience before playing kind of a decisive pass. Um, I think where his deficiency probably lie are physically. Um, he's quick, but he's not rapid. Um, and I think he's not strong either. So if you look at, uh, I'm trying to think of it, you know, as Zinchenko is probably a good example. Is We've seen even evidently this season, kind of more physical, um, quick wingers. They, they, really, they really get the best out of attacking Zinchenko because... It's nothing he can do, kind of physically, to to to, to deal with that. Um, and if Barker was in a kind of traditional left back role without kind of a centre back, a physical centre back backing him on that side, I think he may struggle in in one v one duels. Um, and yeah, and it's just how how much kind of defensive stability do you sacrifice for his qualities in in possession? I feel like I feel like although he does have those. Um, physical deficiencies, I guess. Um, playing in the Argentinian league, or even in most southern Southern American leagues in general, you kind of have to develop that positive aggressivity. Even though you're not you're not strong in the duel, kind of just at the, always playing at that limit of committing a foul without necessarily necessarily committing it. So I feel like that that can definitely help him out. Um, in the future, when making that move to uh, to I mean that potential move to Europe, and also I feel like as he gets older, he'll definitely be putting on some muscle if if he comes to the to the right academy. I think in the past, I mean the right club. Sorry, I think in the past few years we've definitely seen uh, the obvious example Bayern. If you sign for Bayern, you're you're putting on you're, you're getting into that that bodybuilder diet, eating egg yolks and and steak every day, and just building muscle so um yeah i i think uh sorry egg yolks egg whites um and uh so yeah i, I feel like it's definitely an issue for him right now but it's it's not the, the end of the day um in the, in the role he's playing inverted fullback you don't necessarily need to be that big but his positive aggressivity will definitely be helping him out in there but uh, enough of me defending your defendant i'm here to here to defend Dorgu, um, and so what, what, what I was what I was wanting to say is that in terms of telling who's better, I think one of the most important aspects is adaptability to top tier football, um, because obviously the best players are playing for the best clubs in the best leagues in the best competitions, and so in that sense, I definitely feel that. Dorgu is more suited to most setups just because that he's playing in a more 
traditional, more commonly used role, bringing that physical impact um, and, and just pace down the wing is something that every team needs and uses, um, at least that I can think of. And um, I feel like um, it's actually even more common for that player to be the left back as opposed to being the right back. I don't know if this is just an impression, but I feel like often when these teams have very different roles for the right back and left back, it's always the left back being that very offensive player. And it's always the right back being the more defensively sound, uh, almost always often like a center back that's been repositioned as right back. I can think of Mohamed Simakon playing at uh, Leipzig at the moment. He's, he's a right a center back playing at right back or even Benjamin Pavard, kind of the same. So, yeah, in that sense, I feel like he'd fit into more teams than Barco would. And so if Barco doesn't land the right move, I think he might have some difficulty to to progress. Yeah, and I think um, definitely I agree with that because I think that just foundation of physicality um, is something that can be relied upon and be used as sort of a safety Blanket, especially settling into a, a new league um, where it's hard to kind of always understand the speed of the league, the, the type of players you're up against. I think having that physicality can, can be that security because you can always rely on that. Um, in terms of Barco, I'd say, yeah, he needs to pick his move correctly for sure. I think he definitely doesn't suit as many teams, but um, I think he's that good technically and IQ wise, that if he went into a top team, he could slot in pretty well. Um, and I think we've seen sometimes players shine kind of at other teams and then move on to the elites and, and kind of struggle um, with kind of the tactical ideas and, and, and the, the complex kind of patterns, um, which is something I, I think Barco wouldn't ever really have an issue with. Um, but yeah, I think for him, it's, it's definitely more important where he moves next. And I think he'll he'll know that. He'll know his kind of strengths and he'll know his weaknesses. So, so it'll, be, it'll be very important for him to kind of slot into a team which plays fullbacks who are big in build-up, reliant in possession, relied upon, um, and kind of definitely a possession-based team. I, I wouldn't want him defending for 70 minutes out of 90. Um, so yeah. I'd definitely be interested in seeing if if um, Man City continue to pursue him because I think back when there were talk, I'm not sure maybe maybe he there were talks for him this summer as well. But I think when the first talks for him to sign um, came out, um, I think Zinchenko was still at Man City and they were playing with Cancelo on the left, so both a bit inverted fullbacks. But since since then, um, they've developed more into just playing another center back in that role, and obviously picking a center back to play to play left back or right back, you're obviously opting for the more defensively sound option, more physically sound option as well. If you look at Ake or Kvardiol, who are both alternating in that position, they're both center backs who are very good at defending in the first place and also good at distribution. And so in that sense, I can't imagine that Barco would be that choice because he, as you mentioned, he doesn't have that defending. So yeah, maybe, maybe Arsenal 
are still using that player, but I, I really can't think of that many clubs who are opting for that solution. I feel like it's it's just it, it was very popular for a few seasons, and it just kind of came out of came out of fashion. Yeah, I think um, the other one, the Spurs. Spurs are definitely still using that on both sides. Um, obviously, they've got Udogi there, so it's it's not a kind of great fit. But I think I think teams will continue to kind of adapt and 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 use it in in games where it suits. Um, I think Pep realized that with all his attacking quality, the biggest kind of risk was was that that of transitions and and quick physical wingers. Um, being rapid in transition um, and kind of winning their 1v1 duels um, every time. And when you have the likes of kind of Zinchenko or Cancelo there, that was kind of a bigger risk than it was giving him reward, I think. So he kind of thought, okay, how can I continue with this kind of front five or um, all this attacking talent while also keeping that security in case of transition? And I think he opted... To not only put Walker on one side, but also Ake or Guardia on the other side. So now it's got kind of a wall that just protects that back that back line for City. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a role that is coming in and out. Um, but I think there's definitely managers that would would find value in Barker. Yeah, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not arguing that no one would no one would want him. He's definitely a great player if if you're starting for. Such a huge club as Boca Juniors at that age means you're definitely a quality player. But uh, yeah, I just think he'd just have a harder time moving into those top tier clubs than uh, Dorgu would. Um, but I, I think that that's maybe it for today. Um, maybe those of you listening can can come in and give your opinions on who is the most promising player. Maybe add on to what we've said. And uh, yeah, just generally, um, just uh, really, really, really like um, taking a look at those roles and spe- specifically um, fullbacks, just because of how, as we mentioned, versatile they are and how they. I feel like it's just the role, the position in football that's progressing the most at the moment, in terms of managers just wondering how they can use them in, in different setups and, and tactics. So yeah, very very interesting indeed. Um, but yeah, if, if case you don't have anything to add, um, I guess we can um, end it here for today. Uh, a quick reminder: you can follow me, Alfred, at driver underscore ice i c e e on X. You can also follow Kish at Rondo underscore reports on X as well. Please also keep a lookout on our Get Football Media outlets, where we cover European football and world football with news videos, opinions from some of the most plugged-in analysts across the football landscape. You can see a link to our show notes to all our outlets. Please rate the, f- the podcast and give us a five-star review, and feel free to leave a comment on our socials as well. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to the next one. Bye-bye.